Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. You may have noticed that during Sunday Mass, it is a rare occasion where the homily is taken from the second reading. And of course, this is because the the Eucharist is stressing the primacy of the gospel and how that gospel is related to Old Testament prophecy. How, in fact, the readings, the biblical readings, are a constant journey from promise to fulfillment. But yet, after the Second Vatican Council, there was desire that the extraordinary treasury of sacred scripture be opened more generously. And for that reason, even though the primary understanding of the lectionary was the fulfillment in the gospel of the Old Testament prophecy, that the epistles should not be lost, especially in their richness and in their description of discipleships. Now, this past Sunday, the second reading was taken from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, which is a beautiful and powerful letter of St. Paul. It is made all the richer and all the more urgent by the fact that Paul wrote the letter from prison. He was undoubtedly considering the fact that he may very well be executed as a Christian and a disturber of the peace. So that the letter to the Philippians has something of the last will and testament about it. And Paul begins by his normal greetings, which are generous, by telling them that he rejoices in God even while in prison because by God's grace he has been granted the ability to give witness to the gospel and in fact to change the hearts of some of his guards as if to say to us, never miss an opportunity. Even though you are in prison, you enjoy the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ and even the strongest prison bars can never, in the long run, contain the power of the gospel. But what I want to talk about is Paul's exhortation to humility that he presses upon us in that second reading from this past Sunday's gospel. And in fact, he said, by becoming humble, the disciples will complete Paul's joy in their good fortune of being drawn to Jesus Christ. Now that word humility isn't very clearly understood. Sometimes people think humility is some kind of cringing servility. And good literature is filled with characters who exemplify that. But that is not humility. Humility comes from what St. Paul says, is putting on the attitude of Christ. Have in you, St. Paul says, the same attitude that is also in Christ. Because you may notice 
Although sometimes there is a choice, uh, given the length of the second reading, not to include what actually was the summation of that call to humility, and that is that powerful hymn to Jesus Christ, who in his humility, even though he was the Son of God, lay aside that glory and took on the humility of the cross for our salvation. And St. Paul says, have the same attitude that is also in Christ. That is, put on the mind of Christ. Well, what does that depend on? First of all, we begin to understand something that is absolutely vital to our life, not simply as Christians, but simply as humans. And that is our dependence on God's creative love. There would be nothing if not God's love had turned toward the creation of something and of his creatures. And we depend upon that God and his graciousness and his fidelity to the promise that he made to us. When we realize it, so many mystics have realized that all God need do was to look away and everything would disappear. And the Psalms are filled with prayers of those who are seeking uh, the face of God and begging him not to turn your face away from us. And of course, the realization is that God has never turned his face from us. We have turned away from his gaze. And that sense of dependence on God should encourage a deep humility that for our very existence, which is the greatest gift that we possess, that we have not created, we haven't earned, we do not merit it, it is given to us, there should be a tremendous uh, humility. And part of this humility is obedience to the word that God has spoken, for he is faithful to it. So that doing the will of Christ surpasses all other earthly responsibilities and deeds. And Paul constantly reiterated this this fact, this entrance into humility. A second part of humility is an honest about who we are, honesty, about our talents and our vocation. We pray God for his assistance. We pray God to understand what we are called to do. We are honest that there are certain things we can do, certain things we cannot do. The things we can do, we need to be called to do. And the things we cannot do, we have to avoid for really fear of harm to other persons. But it's a realization that we still are called to do something. We can't do everything but we can do something. And we understand that in the victory of Jesus Christ, no matter how small a good we do or an act of love, how small it is, is a contribution to that victory. St. Paul also stresses the fact that part of humility is a consideration of the common good before our own. As St. Paul said, each looking out not for his own interest, but also for those of others. 
that the common good is, first of all, common. It is for all people, and it is good. It needs to be followed, and it needs constantly to be upheld. Well, St. Paul concludes his uh, sense of humility and his call to this by two wonderful exhortations. He says, first, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. 